Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. My name is Sean Tatro, and today, with my girlfriend and co-host, Leah Diana, we will be winding back the reel to 1993. Chance Boudreau is an out-of-work sailor looking for work in New Orleans. He's hired by a woman named Natasha Bender, who's in town trying to find her father, who is now homeless. When they discover that Natasha's father has been murdered, and just the latest victim of an evil mercenary who cruelly hunts homeless combat veterans for the amusement of their clients, Chance learns that he is their next victim. Chased by mercenaries, Chance uses his fighting skills to take on the mercenaries, proving that he is a hard target to kill. Let's get into it. In the city of New Orleans, in a darker side of Dixie, away from the music and the lights, there's a new game in town. You'll be provided with a guide, trackers, and the weapons of your choice. I need to file a missing person report. The competitors are deadly. We pride ourselves in hunting only combat veterans, men who have the necessary skills to make our hunts more interesting. They always win. You want to find your father? Get somebody who knows the city to show you around. Now, the opposition is about to get one last chance. What kind of a name is Chance? My mama took when. My friend, Mr. Boudreaux, Silver Star, Marine Forest Recon. He's obviously not someone we should underestimate. an annoying little insect. I want him stepped on hard. We need to get out of here now. Ladies first. What? These men will chase after you. You mad at you for business or pleasure? Both. Look at it this way. You're gonna get to meet Elks? Give it a rest, pal. Jean-Claude Van Damme is the hard target. Miss me. From internationally acclaimed action director John Woo. How's it feel to be hunted? You tell me. Hard target. Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your grave robbing friends I want them out of the city now. The nightmare of insane murder. From the depths of hell. Only at the grind house. Sean just looked at me and said, You why don't you kick us off? 
We just watched a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie and you said, why don't you kick us off? I can't get my leg above my hip ever. I guess in all technicality, he kicked us off. He did kick us off. So many times. Oh my God. So, sweetheart, we just watched Hard Target, a John Woo film. It says it right on the front of the box. Yes. Um, so this movie was directed by the infamous John Woo. Mr. Woo. Uh, it was written by Chuck Farrer. Um, according to this, it was produced by James Jacks and Sean Daniel. But as we saw in the credits... There was an executive produ- executive producer credit and Sam Raimi was listed in it. And it proved it because Sam, Raisi- Sam Raimi's brother was in the movie Half-Life. Yes. Ted Raimi has a small cameo as just some guy on the street. And you know at that point... Sam has something to do with this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's very rare that Ted Raimi is involved in a movie if Sam isn't. Yes. Um, this movie was uh, came out August 20th, 1993. Um, made on a budget of somewhere between 19.5 to $20 million. Oof. Brought in a box office of seventy-four point two million. It wasn't successful, was it? It's extremely fucking successful. <laughs> um, I mean, that man's name was on a lot of movies, and he brought a lot of revenue in in the nineties. Yes, uh, which is somewhat surprising. Like, um, it, it's not surprising that he became so well known, mm-hmm. but. Uh, at the time that this movie was made, he he was well known in Hollywood, but they were actually afraid to let him have this movie because they thought his like limited English would be a big problem on set. Um, which is why they hired Sam Raimi to oversee everything. They thought Sam Raimi, like, if John Woo couldn't communicate, Sam Raimi could kind of step in and dictate a little bit. I, I don't understand. Does Sam Raimi speak French? No. Um, they're, the whole idea of hiring Sam Raimi was so that if John Woo became a problem, Sam Raimi could step in and direct the movie. How would Mr. Woo become a problem? Well, he couldn't speak very good English at that time. Oh. Now he's much more fluent, but yeah. then it just wasn't in the cards. Huh. Okay. So Sam was backup. Yes. All right. That happens a lot. A lot of times they'll hire someone to produce that also can direct just in case. Okay. Um, this movie has a runtime of 97 minutes. However, uh... Apparently, John Woo's original cut of the movie ran closer to uh, two hours and focused much more on the villains. Okay, the villains were badass. Yes. And I noticed that one of the things when I was looking up stuff, the main villain, I don't remember his name. Not uh, Imhotep from The Mummy. Uh, In the movie, his name is Fushan. Fushan. That man won an award for being the villain in this movie from what I saw. Yeah. 
Um, it's funny because I guess John Claude Van Damme and his editors locked themselves in in the, their editing room for two days and cut this movie down because Van Damme said that moviegoers aren't going to see they're going to see a Van Damme movie, not a Lance Hendrickson movie. No offense, but I wa- I like Lance Hendrickson a lot better than Van Damme. Always have. Yes. The villains in this movie in particular are way more interesting than they are. our protagonists. The in protagonist seems like a douchebag. No offense. He kind of is. <laughs> uh, the way he's portrayed is just very... Cold. He's very cold, very stern. And just, I don't care, just give me money. There's not a lot of life to him. No. I mean, when you look in Van Damme's eyes, you don't see life. All you see is a little dude doing, like, fucking martial arts. Constantly. Honestly, I knew this dude, Van Damme, when I was a kid. I knew him as, oh, he just kicks people's asses. So I read that... Jean-Claude Van Damme had a little controversy around him constantly for his martial arts. Did you find any of that in your research? I did not. So, the guy who he portrayed in Bloodsport sued him for his likeness. Because he didn't believe that he was portrayed properly. And ever since then, I read, like, Van Damme's always getting into some sort of legal battle with somebody or other. Yeah, notoriously, Van Damme is very hard to work with he's one of those um actors who i i think his ego got very inflated early on in his career i mean i understand why his ego is inflated he is a good-looking strong man no amount of good looking can hide the fact that you do look like an asshole like he looks like an asshole 100 percent. he also isn't the strongest actor no, like his acting's not. <sighs> Look, I've only seen this and probably one other movie from him. I don't like Jean Claude Van Damme. Never have. Like every time I watch his stuff, I'm like, you can see like when he's doing the far away stunts, you can see he's like light years away from the people. You can see the errors, and then when you get close up, they angle it right. And I'm just like, there is a lot, there is a lot of errors in this movie. Oh, there are. Oh, so many. The John Woo's flashy style kind of hides a lot of it. It hides a little bit of it. I saw one that I was like, okay, this Blu-ray, they didn't, obviously you don't know back in the 90s that they're going to come up with a new way of watching things that is crisp and clean. Yeah. Every detail that John Woo was like, don't worry about it. They never see it. Boom. Right there. Right front and center. When the first car explodes on the bridge, you saw the wires where they had to pull and the explosives went off. Yeah. You could see both wires on either side. You also could see the launch jump that he has to bounce off of as well. And I'm like... It is what it is. It is, it, it is but at the same time, it's like... Uh, it, pulls, it pulls me right out of the movie, which yeah. this movie didn't really grip me. as It wasn't boring. But... I was like, this is cheesy. <laughs> oh, it's super this is cheesy. so cheesy. In my opinion, actually, uh, I feel like this is John Woo's kind of... Um, is this like his weakest movie? No, I don't, I don't think it's his weakest. I think it's... It's his... 
kind of throw everything in movie. Like he, this is his. He overindulges, like this. This he overindulges in explosions, in flashy action, in even in gore and blood. Like he wanted to yeah. one up it. Every scene was another like level. He he like Michael Bayed this really hard before Michael Bay even Michael Bayed. <laughs> That's a tongue twister. Yeah, say that five times fast. No, I, I definitely think this is this is the movie that he like just went all out. Fuck it, let's do it. And you're just sitting there going, "What are you doing, John?" I kind of wonder if that's because like I think this was his first American film or one of his first. Possibly. So like I wonder if he was like, "Oh, I might never get another American film, so let me just fucking go let crazy." Let me just figure this out. Now I kind of want to Well, what was this Mr. Wu's first? Wow. I mean, for God's sake, how many uh how many shots had slow motion birds I actually looked that up they mean something in his movies they do he uses them in every single film whether it be like one short scene or like many and I absolutely I love the visual it's such a good like good addition to any slow motion shot Mm. but he uses it so much in this movie. It's crazy. It looks like, yes, this uh, this was his first American film. Was it? Yeah. That's awesome. This is actually my favorite... My favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. The only one I really like. Really? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Van Damme. I never have been. I appreciate what he's done in, in his career, but... I like this one, and I think John Woo is the reason I like this. One. <laughs> yeah, but you don't like Van Damme I movies. Don't so. like. I don't. The only thing I got really excited for was Imhotep and Wilford Brimley. Okay. I got so excited by both of them, and it was nice to see Arnold in a role that wasn't purely like. I don't know. The Mummy's a different level kind of movie. This was him just being. Like, he is, this is what, 93? That's what, 98, 97? He's a creepy motherfucker. He's a good, bad guy. Yes, and he, uh, he in particular overplays this role so much, and I really like it. I I think he could overplay it a little more. I think he could have pushed it. It would have been great. But, it's funny, because him and, uh, apparently him and Lance Hendrickson had such good chemistry together that like the producers and everything wished that they could make a movie all to themselves because they were fucking perfect they were they were really really good Lance Hendrickson like I think I've said it before Mm. on this podcast I think we talked about him briefly once but I absolutely love him in everything and I feel like in this movie he had so much fun playing this character Looking to see what else. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Never saw it. Yes. Uh, it's see. in the wheelhouse. Terminator. Okay. Yep. He was in that. Aliens. Oh! Oh! You've said it before and I forgot. He's Bishop! Yes. That's why I like him. He's in a movie called Johnny Handsome. <laughs> he plays a lot of villains. Because he he's does. very good at it. Oh my god. I'm looking at some of these and I'm like, yep. Yeah. He was in Scream 3? 
Yes. He plays uh, the studio executive. Okay. He's in Hellraiser Hellworld. Isn't that the one I just bought? For like um, $3? I don't remember. I'd have to... I bought one about Hellraiser and um, fucking... Uh, the internet. Yeah, I think that's Hellworld. Uh, let's see. He's in one of the Pumpkinhead movies. He's in the first one. He's in the... I just saw the... He's the main character. Blood Feud? No. He's in one of Stranger... Oh my god, he's in When a Stranger Calls. Is mm-hmm. that with Liv Tyler? No. No. I'm thinking of the one the, the one with the House Invaders. Yeah, that's The Strangers. See, I don't know a lot of movies, but the movies I do know... What's he doing now? He has... Okay. This is Lance Hendrickson's from 2021 till now. He has one, two projects completed, one, two, three, four more projects in the works. And one of them is Bring Me the Head of Lance Hendrickson. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Already. And he 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 plays Lance. It said post production, this was filmed in 2010. Oh, so geez. maybe they've been play they've been doing that for a long time, but some of these Bring on the Dancing Horses, Awaken, On Fire, One, and Acre Beyond the Rye. He gets a lot of work. And he kills it every single time. Yeah. Even huh? when he's phoning it in, he does a great job. Does this man phone it in? Because Sometimes. Really? Usually on like, because sometimes he'll take these very low budget, like shitty movies. Mm. So every once in a while you get one where it's just like Lance Hendrickson being Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> but... Um, something I'd like to do is, <laughs> yeah, this is one of those movies that I want to focus on the cast for a minute. Yeah, no, go ahead. Because you have Jean, Jean, Jean-Claude Van Damme headlining as Chance Boudreaux. By the way, the character names are also kind of ridiculous. In well, this. they're, they're, they're Southern names. They're from Louisiana. It makes sense. It really does make sense. Um, Lance Hendrickson plays Emile Fouchon. Yeah. Which is an awesome fucking character. That is. That is. Uh, Yancey Butler is Natasha Binder. 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 Yep. Um, Wilford Brimley, of course, is Uncle Th- Uncle Duvet. Duvet. Yep. Who he is the most oh, un- Lord. unconvincing Frenchman I've ever fucking seen. I don't seen. care. <laughs> It's diabetes in the flesh. It was amazing. Uh, and Arnold Voslo as Picka Van Cleef. Picka. Picka Van Cleef. What the hell? I love... Well, he he had a definite <laughs> accent in the movie. Yeah. So you could tell he was from somewhere else. I want to see if Picka Van Cleef has, like, more... Uh... Van Cleef's surname is a reference to actor Lee Van Cleef. Yes. Oh, wow. Who was a very popular Western. Mm. Oh, my God. He's in a lot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The cast was really good. Even, like, the ones that I didn't recognize. I recognized the detective woman. I feel like I've seen her in stuff before. She plays cops a lot. She does? Yeah. Um, oh, she's also the best friend in uh, the original Candyman. 
Is she? She plays Helen's friend. Bernadette. Bernie. Yep, I just looked that up. Um, Should we get into the breakdown here? Yes. My first comment, because the first thing you see is they are hunting a homeless veteran. Yes. That's the big thing. It's revolved around hunting homeless veterans for sport. Yes. It's a little crazy. And because here, our intro shows you Hobo with a shotgun. And I said, Hobo needs a crossbow as he got shot in the heart <laughs> with the crossbow arrow. Holy crap. This was violent. Yes. This movie's extremely violent. Like, when you shoot a gun, any kind of gun, and you want to hurt somebody, you shoot them once. They were emptying clips into people. Not clip. Clips. Just because. Just, just. <laughs> and they're all, it's all in slow motion, so you're like, oh, God. This movie would have been so much shorter if you didn't do all these slow-mos. Good God. This is John Woo's style. At least it was. I mean, I know a couple of John Woo films. I own Red Cliff. I really like Red Cliff. I don't remember there being a lot of slow-mos, but then again, Chinese cinema, Chinese cinema, a lot different from American. Yes, it especially is. Especially their action movies. Um, something I thought was kind of cool about that intro is, like, they do a lot of, they open you in, like, in the homeless guy's POV. Yes. Which was cool. You kind of got to, like, you see him, like, trying doors and stuff, and it's all through his point You're of view. You're trying to figure out what is happening to this man. Then you see these guys with crossbows and fucking shotguns and then a fucking helicopter. Yeah, he's being chased by, like, guys on black motorcycles and, like, this helicopter. Um, he's having these fucking high-powered bolt arrows shot at him. Oh, my God. And every time they shot one of the bolt arrows at, like, the main character, they had to do a slow shot of the arrow being fired and you're watching it and I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) Stop. You're killing me. Well, uh, John Woo using these, like, flashy techniques and, like, a lot of slow motion and stuff, he does it to, like, intensify the action like he does it to like kind of enhance the moment dial it up yeah he dials everything up to 11 in this one at least i don't think it's necessary it's not it's a style choice that was his shtick for a very long time i actually haven't seen a new movie from john woo in a long time no i think he made a lot of his money he might still do stuff but i think he does like passion projects if anything now. good stop doing the slow mode do something <laughs> you want to do Ugh. um this introduction um follows up follows up with the introduction of our lead female protagonist who i will henceforth refer to as eyebrows oh they're not that bad it's her most prominent feature <laughs> I've noticed her hair more than her eyebrows. Her hair was very long. Okay, you cannot tell me eyebrows and not think of fucking Chicky Poo from um, A Nightmare on Elm Street. She's got bushy eyebrows. Too. Those aren't that bad. Yeah, they're the same eyebrows. Nah. It's the 80s and 90s. Those <laughs> eyebrows just existed. Uh, not long after meeting her, mm-hmm. we're introduced to Chance, who I'm going to call Mullet. Wet 
dirty mullet. Wet, dirty mullet. Oh. So our lead protagonists are wet, dirty mullet and eyebrows. <laughs> Followed by diabetes from behind. Followed by diabetes because Wilford Brimley is always diabetes. I mean, growing up as kids, when the infomercials came on, it was Wilford Brimley being like, do you have diabetes? I have diabetes. Diabetes, diabetes. And now, like, we make, uh, me and my friends have made, like, the reference joke about it. Because, unfortunately, I was diagnosed with diabetes type 2 in 2019. (laughs) And if I'm eating something I'm not supposed to, I get supposed to be eating that diabetes like it's funny (laughs) but you know that's how i remember wilford brimley i know he's been in tons of other movies and he's a great actor but he's in the thing for god's sake he is and i remember going diabetes gets killed (laughs) (laughs) but no no hate to him that was the first thing i ever saw him in so it's not just us like everybody knows him everybody does and i think there was a animated movie that there was a cat that looked exactly like Wilford Brimley with the big old mustache. It's an older movie, but every time I see that movie with that cat, I can't remember it. But it's in, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, it's like a cat in a movie. I want to say like American Tale, Five Goes West or something like that. There's just this big old fat cat that I'm like, ah, it's the Brimley cat. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have to say the opening the opening scene did catch me i was like oh my god this is it's violent it's horrible the arrows were brutal but my biggest note was how is no one seeing and hearing this they are shooting at this man they are screaming there is a helicopter you don't think the police go hey what's going on by the river that doesn't seem right well i mean i get the sense throughout this movie at least like later on that I feel like uh, um, Van Cleef and uh, Fushan kind of have somewhat of authority. Like, like a, they have a, a grasp on, on most of this community. Well, they do least. show when the after, unfortunately, the main guy or the the first uh, veteran by uh, Bender, he's killed. His daughter comes down looking for him and she goes to the police station and they're all on strike. So who's patrolling the streets at that point? You're thinking nobody's patrolling the streets. There was only one detective in there who can we talk about this bitch? Oh, God. Putting a fucking lit candle on a cake closed in her her drawer in her office with papers in it. I refer to that as the depression cake. Because when it goes in, it looks okay. When it comes out, it's like flatter and the candles melted and it looks sad. And you're like, what happened in like it's, it's two minutes? It's not just that. Like, it's the fact that you meet this woman and they do this like long. She's like. It's like a tracking shot, but it's handheld. Happy birthday to me. And then the girl shows up and she's like. It interrupts her from blowing out her candle. <laughs> I would have so been like, excuse sad. me, I need to have a sad girl moment. <sighs> Yay. What do you want? <laughs> Don't put a lit fucking candle in a drawer and it had papers in it. It's so stupid. Oh my god. I just, I remember seeing that look at you going, what is this? This is a John, this is John Woo's idea of, oh, this is funny. I have seen your Chinese movies. They can be so much better than that. And the jokes in here, half of them did not land. I was like, 
No. Is that supposed to be funny? I don't know. I, I don't think he was. He really cared. I think he was just doing what he wanted to do with this movie, and I find it enjoyable. More power to him, but <laughs> oh my god! Like for God's sake! Like he does all these weird things throughout this movie. Like, um, one of the first ones that I have uh, noted is during this uh, the scene when um, eyebrows and mullet meet. <laughs> So, <laughs> so when Nat and fucking, <laughs> fucking Chance are in the diner, okay, got it. So, uh, she comes in the diner. He's sitting there eating. Yep. Um, she kind of nonchalantly like doesn't isn't paying attention. Kind of just flashes her money and, to everybody. Okay. It wasn't even that much money. No. It was like maybe thirty dollars. But this is a very poor, very derelict town. In New Orleans somewhere. In New Orleans. New Orleans is a town in itself. Yeah. Well, it's in that area. Yeah. Um, she goes outside. She immediately gets followed and nearly mugged by a big group of dudes. She gets her ass hit to her, too. She gets her ass kicked. Um, and Chance comes out to help her. Mm. Um, but they do this shot. Like, he helps her into her car, and then he is about to take on all these guys. They do this fucking shot where he moves aside his jacket. And this is all in slow motion. Moves aside his jacket and it's like he's unsheathing a sword, but it's his leg. So that he can kick all their asses. That is very Chinese cinema. (laughs) It's so fucking funny. That is very Chinese cinema. Because, like, you'll see the, the older guys doing, like... Oh, God. It's in a movie, like, I don't know if he directed it, but it's, it's the old man, like, wrapping up his sleeves to start fighting, yeah. and I'm like, but you watch that very particularly before they get into the stance, and you're like, you see, I see the influence, because I love Chinese cinema, I have a bunch of them, um, mostly Zhang Ziyi, because I really like her, <laughs> but you see where that kind of shift is in that, and I'm like, it's an American movie, but there's a lot of, like, cues from that cinema, or that kind of directing. And it's like, okay, alright, this is not really a great marriage, but I can understand because us as Americans would be like, why are you showing me just, look at my hip, look. Well, I get the use of it. It's his like, weapon. He's unsheathed, he's getting ready to whoop ass with his weapons. I think it's funny to me because it's Jean-Claude Van Damme and he's known for kicking people. So it's like he just, he's taken out his leg. It's like, look <laughs> like, at my sexy muscular leg. I'm going to kick you in the jaw. Like, oh, okay. Nowadays I'm like, can you put that away, please? No one wants to see that. Oh, God. Well, I'm sure some people do. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Name me one person who wants to see Jean-Claude Van Damme in a compromising position. I can't name you one, but I'm sure there's some women out there who find him irresistible. Or did. (laughs) With that mullet? I want to see what he looks like now. Age has hit him hard. Look at his sagging titties. (laughs) He's still doing movies, too. I mean, he is, but he's not... Now he just looks like that principal, that that vice principal that tries too hard when you're in school. Like, excuse me, do you have a hall pass? Like, that's what it looks like. Oh, Jesus. He's 61 years old. Yes. Damn. 
Oh, he just did a movie called The Last Mercenary that came out last year. It yep. is a fr- it is a French or French something film. Not uh, for, he's from Brussels, so it's a French action comedy movie, and it's on Netflix. So we should probably just for shits and giggles check that out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, just one night we're like, let's do something fun. <laughs> let's watch a Van Damme movie. Um, where am I in? So after that, um, mine actually, my next quote, because our lovely little kitten decided she wanted me to hold her while she slept. So I literally was holding a kitten like a baby and trying to type with my hand. So I don't have a lot of (laughs) notes from like that fight for her to like almost the ending fight. Well, so essentially, uh, he kicks all these guys' asses, um, sends her on her way, yep. kind of says, you know, careful when you show your wallet. Yeah. Um, and she's essentially trying to investigate her father's... Disappearance. Disappearance at this point. She said, um, I, write, I usually write to my father every week, but I haven't gotten a letter in a couple of weeks, and I'm just curious about what's happening. And everybody turns her away going, oh, where does he live? Well, he's homeless. Sorry. I need somewhere where he's missing from. That's terrible. That's fucked up. Like, that broke my heart that she was like, sorry, can't help you. You're telling this little girl that she'll never see her dad, basically. Pretty much. What a dick. That's Um, why you put a candle in your fucking desk lit. Because you're a dick. So once she's turned away by everybody, Mm. she actually... Uh, she is told by the, the cop, like, you should find somebody who knows the town to kind of guide you around. So her first thought is, oh, let me get, track down Mullet. Uh, Mullet so that uh, he's obviously knows what he's doing. He can help me. Mm. She goes and finds him at the docks. He's uh, he, about to get a job, you essentially. Find, from what I saw in the notes and the context, he used to be a fisherman he used to work on a boat and he worked under the captain yeah but something happened and he got booted off the ship but he hasn't worked in a while so he hasn't paid his dues to the union so they won't let him fight fight no <laughs> they won't let they him. won't let him fish sorry um and that's where eyebrows comes in because she's she goes to him at the docks and says i will pay you to help me find my father He's like, oh, I'm going to have a job, bye. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, you need to pay 200-something dollars. And he's like, I'm here for the money. (laughs) Like, like, he's not even a likable character to me. Like, if he had, like, a little bit of heart or something, I would have been okay. I'm not going into an action movie sitting here like, oh, I just want to watch senseless violence. I want a story. Like, why is he helping her? Is, like, he a softy? Like, is there something he's trying to, like, do? Um, you, you know what's kind of funny? Mm. Um, someone else was considered for this part. Who? Was it Steven Seagal? Kurt Russell. Oh! Now, I would have liked that so much better! The movie didn't go to Kurt Russell because the studio, Universal Pictures, decided that they wanted to be in the Van Damme business. I feel like this part would have been so much more likable and enjoyable to yes. watch if it was Kurt Russell. 
Van Damme's so dry. He's just dry and lifeless to me. Kurt Russell, the thing. Uh, Escape from L.A. Escape from New York. Is it Escape from New York? There's both. There's both. Escape from L.A., uh, New York, and Escape from L.A. What else has Kurt Russell been in that I thought was great? He's in The Hateful Eight. He's in The Thing. He's in fucking... uh, He's in an Elvis movie. Um, 3,000 Miles to Graceland, so that's another Elvis movie, actually. He's in tons. Kurt Russell is one of the fucking all-time best. And I'm about ready to break his heart because I'm going to know him from some stupid movie and be like, really? That's where you know him from? Oh, God. He was a child actor. That helps. Yeah, I know. I'm seeing that. He was Cooper in The Fox and the Hound. He was... Cooper and Fox and the Hound. Or Cop Cooper. Copper? Cooper? I can't remember. I think it was one. Copper. Copper? I'm the Hound Dog. Ooh. He's uncredited for Vo- Elvis Presley and Forrest Gump. Stargate. Okay, that might be it. I've seen Vanilla Sky. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember anything about it. Oh, that. Oh! Guardians of the Galaxy. Ego. Yeah. Yeah, that's Ego where I know him planet. from. Yep. Um. This movie, the pr- uh, production of it lasted 74 days. Oh, wow. That seems um, long. It is. Uh, however, the film was put on a tight schedule by Universal. They only allowed for 65 days of shooting. Um, and apparently John Woo was under tremendous pressure from the studio this the entire production and Universal wanted him to tone down the violence and the body count which he wanted him to tone it down the subject matter is hunting homeless veterans for sport and John Claude Van Damme taking revenge and you want a lower body count dude no, it's not happening. No. Even I know this is all about blood. This is all about violence. This is all about how much can John Claude Van Damme kick these people's asses. That's what it is. Honestly, like... Oh, these studios are fucking ridiculous. They really are. I feel like this movie, like... It was I, rushed. I, I think this, it might have been rushed. That's why yeah. we were seeing a lot of the errors, too. I find this so much more, like, so interesting and fun to watch. I think because the villains are so... So unique. good. Like, I honestly... I wish they would release a director's cut of this. Why I'll, can't we have Wu's original cut? I, I see, want Wu's original cut. I want to see his version, like, focused so much more on the villains because... Fucking, Is it included in this? No, I don't think so. Scream Factory. He's worked oh. so hard, so hard to do fucking Event Horizon good. You 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 had to work through it through COVID, through the beginning of COVID too. Get us the director's cut from Wu. Come on. Fuck's sake. Uh, Scream Factory, um, Vestron, any Arrow, Arrow any anybody. of you guys. Like Criterion? If, I do would they love... do any of that? Mm, not really. Yeah. They, they do special editions, but it's more like you get better special features, like um, commentary tracks and stuff like that. But I want to see Wu's original cut, what this movie was supposed to be. Yeah. Because there are little clues that there was more of a lore behind 
Um. Chase. Chance. Chance. Damn it. There was more. Mullet. Than... Mullet. That's what I was trying to, but I kept going eyebrows. You have confused me. You have officially fucked up my brain on this movie. Mullet, eyebrows, diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> and Emotep. <laughs> Emotep. Oh, God. Like, this movie from when she hires him to find his dad, it's just kind of a, a cat and mouse thing at that point because he... They they find out that he was passing out flyers from this fat bearded dude. I forget his name too. This, this doesn't matter. Yeah, he doesn't matter. He's kind of a background character. He's like the Nedry. Yeah. Dennis Nedry kind of character. Like that's exactly what he yeah. is. Yeah. It's like oh, okay, he's critical, but he is not important. What he's doing is important. Um, he gives jobs to a lot of these homeless people to pass out flyers. And he's also working with the bad guys, um, Lance Hendrickson and Arnold. So I can't remember their names. This is terrible. It's, uh, <laughs> their names are so, like, obscure. Their names in the movie? Yeah. Pika. Uh, it's Pick Van Cleef is Voslo. And yep. um, Emil Fushan okay. is Hendrickson. So Fushan and Van Cleef. Um, work with this dude that hires veterans home or home just homeless people in general to pass out flyers and they pick the best stock basically like they offer them like this big once in a lifetime thing where here's ten thousand dollars all you need to do is go 10 miles through the city and get to the river you get to the river this ten thousand dollars is yours that's a, a cool lot idea. Of, that's a lot of money yeah for someone who is homeless and has nothing exactly and that's life changing. It is. That's a game, game changer. <laughs> um, but then you have to think about like, okay, what's the catch? The catches were hunting you like you're a piece of goddamn meat. Run, like holy shit. That's fucking insane. So yeah. this dude is working with them to like find the best of the best. Like oh, the best like veterans that are combat ready that can fight that can kind of do this to see who will last but obviously how rootless Van Cleef and the other guy is like they're not going to let these guys go that dude made it to the river he made it to the river and then they shot an arrow through his fucking heart yeah. while he was stuck on the bridge like he was dangling above the water he should have been let go like he oh should've. he made it to the water he's good nope they shot him through the fucking heart like you guys are assholes I'm so happy. I like you guys so much. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of a cat and mouse chase just to find the evidence. Like, you already know what's happening because you're running with the bad guys and the good guys at the same time. You're just waiting for the convergence. Right. Um, so the convergence pretty much is... Van Damme's character gets a little too close to everything. He figures everything out. You find out the coroner that finds... Um, Binder's body was like, oh, he was burned in a fire. And Van Tam goes and goes, nope, his dog tag says he was shot through the heart. Do an autopsy. And then you find out he's in their pockets too. Yeah. So it's the cops in their pockets. It's the medical coroner. Like, so they can operate in secret in Louisiana and New Orleans. I think it was kind of cool that like as the movie's progressing, you're also seeing that like, it's pretty early on that um, Fushan... Uh, makes the call. He's like, "All right, 
we're doing our last hunt. We're getting out of yeah. Louisiana. We're but getting then, out of here. Like, they keep end up, like, getting caught up because of chance and uh Well, I think they, they said that they were getting out of Louisiana because the the dude who hires homeless people to pass out flyers, don't remember his name, he messed up. And the person that they wanted wasn't the person they got yeah. for that fight. They were supposed to get one dude. Instead, they got Binder. And... Binder's still his family. It looks like everybody they pick cannot have family. No one's going to look for them. Right. Unfortunately, because Binder has a daughter, that's what fucks that's everything. what fucks everything up. And even Van Cleef said at one point, we've been doing this in countless countries and countless cities. Yeah. And we have to move constantly. And this is the first time where they haven't had to move in a while. And this one thing fucked us over. So he says, this is our last hunt tonight. We're leaving Louisiana. Which I guess Van Cleef said... <laughs> Not Van Cleef. I guess Van Damme's character fucking pisses this man off so much. It turns into a manhunt for him. Yes. Because they went after, they got the wrong dude. It was one of his friend, homeless friends. They got him during that hunt and they gunned him down and he found him. And it was, that fight was brutal too. Because <laughs> that man fucking closed line somebody for a gun and just fired on some, one of the, uh, one of the, um, the dude that hired this movie was a lot of action it's i can't a keep a straight line of it the guy that hot that wanted him to shoot him down this this veteran the veteran ended up killing him but then it's a wild goose chase to fucking find him and yeah. kill him because they're not letting him go now when she says this movie is a lot of action Put it this way, the entire third act of the movie is, is one gigantic action scene. It is one... It starts from the most ridiculous scene, that's my favorite, that I'm not going to talk about until the end. But that's when it starts, and I'm like, what? did this motherfucker just do that? And it literally does not stop from It doesn't stop on. from there. It just keeps fucking going. And it's like, oh my god. It's impressive, honestly. It, it is. Like, I, I have to say, <clears throat> this is one heck of an action movie. And I've seen other action movies that are not as good that don't catch my attention. It's hard to catch my attention with an action movie. And, like, the first half of this movie it was a lot of running around, and you could probably see I was kind of, like, fading a little. Then towards the end, I got up, and I stood up, and I was like, all right, okay, this is getting more. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. It was insane. Insane. Oh, okay. So where was I? So now the bad guys, Fushao, Fushan, Fushan, and Van Cleef are now dedicated to hunting down Mullet. They're just like, nope, we need to get rid of this man. He is a problem for us. So that's it. That's the rest of the movie is them trying to get him. Which leads to one hell of a 45-minute fight. Yeah. It, and we're talking insane explosions, gunfights, fucking... In the interim, though, he does meet Wilford Brimley, and you find out that's his uncle. Yeah. And he was raised in the bayou. He was raised, like, knowing how to defend himself and all this shit. Now, let me tell you, Wilford Brimley on a horse, firing an arrow. It's hilariously it is awesome. amazing. And just watching this man, like, just shoot arrows off the back of a horse, I'm like, 
Oh my god, it's like the fat fucking um, impersonation of Legolas. <laughs> it is so bad, but so good at the same time. I'm going to give uh, this movie something that a lot of movies don't have. It, like Every single character is memorable for something. Yes. Um, it might not be a good reason, but they're memorable for something. Well, like a lot of it, like this one, a lot of the characters have physical traits that are very memorable. So like, uh, mullet, obviously his yep. hair, his black trench coat, like his, he stands out. I'm not, I don't, I don't have anything behind these eyes staring. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, then you have Nat who eyebrows, long hair. She's not afraid to get in. She's not afraid to get her hand, her hands dirty. She also has these physical looks that she. She's beautiful, she gives. long brown hair, very thin, very, very statuesque kind of tall looking woman, in my opinion. Yeah, I I was more referring to like expressions that she. Gives. Yeah, she has she, very good expressions. She's very good eyes, but like to me, she seemed like a woman that could hold her. Um, then you have all like even the side characters like. Um, his friend who unfortunately gets gunned down and killed. He was very memorable because he had kind of a sense of humor and he was really real. He's like, hey, like, her dad had to pass out, like, strip club pamphlets. And he's like, look, we got to get money anywhere we can. This is what we do. Yeah. This like, is, this don't is, take offense. Yeah, don't take offense. Like, this is our life. When you're homeless, you got to do what you got to do to survive. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. It really does. Um, but even he was memorable because I liked him. He had a heart. He was honest. Yeah. The only one that wasn't really memorable was probably either the coroner. He wasn't really the doctor. Even him though. Like he, he had this, he was this a piece very of, he like was a chicken sketchy shit. Yeah. Demeanor. He was like, like, like you always were like, what are you up to? Like, what is wrong with you? Act normal. Like, but he was, and then he's like throwing paperwork in the fire and setting fire to that to get rid of evidence and he's like like sketchy yeah. looking and your um, villains like Hen uh hendrickson's like the he's a shorter guy he, but he's like, like stare he's very imposing even though he's smaller it, he's he's got this fucking he's always dressed in all black yeah. for the most part He's got this, like, ridiculous single-shot sniper shotgun rifle thing. Oh, my God. That he's just <laughs> loves. And then you have Arnold. Oh, just God. Just think of the first time you saw Imhotep walk into the room in that first scene in The Mummy. He has that fucking stoic. But he does this. So yeah. his fucking eyebrows are like weirdly arched. So you're like, this man is gonna shoot me through the fucking television. Yeah, but in this one, he plays like this, like slightly eccentric, like psycho. And I it's love it. Awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> if I ever see a movie where he's like a real human being, I don't know what to do. I'll be like, I'm sorry, yeah, he... I can't take you as a normal person. Apparently, he's a really nice guy in real life. He's just too. a good character actor. He is very good. Very, very good. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh, where am I? Where am I? Um, so... Mullet gets to his uncle's place. We're introduced to Brimley. Um, and he's like, we need to fight. We need to go somewhere. We need to defend ourselves. Something, anything, because they know that they're being hunted at this point. So they get on horses. All three of them get on horses to go fight the bad guys who have machine guns. Helicopters. Helicopters. <laughs> Wait, wait, motorcycles. Wait, wait, why are we having like a Western technology fight? Uh, <laughs> like, am I watching The Matrix, but from like Wild Wild West perspective? It's so ridiculous. It, it is. <laughs> but honestly, at that point in the movie, like, it calls for it. It calls for it just does. the most ridiculous shit. Oh, one thing that uh, we had said is. John Woo likes to use a lot of cues from, like, his Chinese cinema background. One of those is doves. There are slow-motion doves everywhere. And I took a picture of what it means. Um, Wu stated, These guys have done some bad things in their lives, which their souls got saved in the end. Which I also wanted to express through image. To Wu, the dove symbolizes the peace and purity, representing the spirits of the characters, even if they commit acts of violence. So it's telling you, plain as day, because there is a dove, like, from, like, the middle of the movie on, there are doves in every scene with mullet. Like, you see these doves, this white light, and these doves come out flying behind him. He physically coos and makes bird noises to distract them. Like, it was interesting to see that, but also really weird because it's, like, this really action-y shot, and you just see this bird slow-mo doing this. <laughs> You're like, what is happening? Until I Googled this, I'm like, I was like, what's with John Woo and the doves? <laughs> so. And then they're going through the forest like hunting them down and they end up in a storage warehouse with all of the Mardi Gras floats. I have one I have one question before we get to the the climax here. Bum, 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 bum. I have one really big question. Did I see John Claude Van Damme just straight punch a snake in the face? <laughs> all right, spoiler. This is my favorite scene. He's sitting there talking and talking, and he literally tells her, don't move. Stay Close very, your eyes. Close your eyes. And he kick, he grabs the snake like this. He straight up bitch slaps it. It comes back at him, and he punches the snake in the head. <laughs> and the snake goes, 
eh, like this. And then he picks a whole, gets his tail. It's a rattlesnake. Bites the rattle and rips it out of the back of his tail. So when he puts the snake back, it'll attack anything that he sees move that's warm because that's how they that they hunt. Yeah. And they won't hear the rattlesnake. So this rattlesnake now is aggravated, in pain, just been bitch slapped by John claude Van Damme. <laughs> When the bad guys show up in this clearing with this tree, this snake just goes ha on the dude's face. And I'm like, that snake is having a bad fucking day. And then fucking Van Cleef just goes, no, it wasn't Van Cleef. It was, uh, was Faustu Faust goes and blows its head off with a shotgun. Oh, my God. That it was the moment where I went, what is this movie? It does get better. I honestly think that's the most ridiculous part of the whole movie. Like, the, the, <laughs> nothing took me out of the movie. If that even didn't take me out. That made me go, ah, the 90s. Ah, the 90s. Ah, the 90s. Choices. Just saying, <laughs> choices. Whoa. Oh. So after that, they all, they're all chasing each other, and they end up in the warehouse, which all of the Mardi Gras decorations. And I mean, Mardi Gras decorations are very creepy looking in this movie. Yeah. I don't know if it's a choice, it's a styling, whatever, but they open it up in this mask. I was like, that mask is terrifying. That big, huge one? Huge mask when they open the door and then you realize you're in the storage facility for all the floats and all the stuff. And everything is very, like, hyper-stylized, which I'm like, oh, man. Since when do you shoot paper mache or anything like that to make these floats. Since when does it erupt in sparks like and explosions? <laughs> like, just the fucking... It looked like you just shot a power line. And the electrical fucking sparks, the amount of fire, just the amount of... And, it, and every time you shot it, there were beads and confetti coming out of everything. I'm like, this is a fucking... This is a fucking ecstasy trip going on this right is, here. Like, this is a movie where, like... I'm on drugs! Everything fucking explodes for either no goddamn reason or the explosions are blown way out of proportion. So out of proportion. It's amazing. <laughs> How many gasoline cans did he unplug and throw at people and then they shotgun shot it and it produced an explosion like oh my God. you just fucking <laughs> lit a building on like fire. Like the guy that gets blown out the window off the motorcycle. <laughs> like... These stunts are what? insane. But I'm sitting here going, that's not how that happens, kids. No. That is not how that happens. This is one of those movies where it's like you have to suspend all disbelief and oh just take god. the ride. It's funny as all hell. Yeah, there's like, oh my god, gasoline cans shooting. This is redonkulous. <laughs> there was, a, and I'm not emphasis, I'm not exaggerating. There was at least six or seven scenes like this. There were like two in the beginning, like maybe five or six at the end. Like, even she did something with gasoline. Yeah, I can't. Which I was like, why are there all these gasoline cans? Dented, mind you. The same dented gasoline can every time. Yeah, they just keep reusing it. (laughs) Honestly, like, it looked okay. It had a couple of shots in it the first scene. By the end, Van Damme has kicked this thing so many times. It is like, please stop. (laughs) Stop using me. Oh, my God. As ridiculous as this movie is, like, as over the top as it is and... Um, just I don't know as as outrageous as they take uh, take everything to like I still think the narrative itself 
is really cool. It's a very basic story, but it's a good story. Like, I wish the main character was played by somebody better and who, like, would have brought more character to him and charisma. But the... Kurt Russell would have been better. Kurt Russell would have kicked ass in this part. Who was big in, like, the early 90s for action movies besides... I mean, Seagal, Schwarzenegger. Nah, it's gotta be somebody else. I honestly don't think you should have put should put anybody like that. Kurt Russell would be the perfect choice because he's not super huge mm. by the action movie standard, but he's he is an action star. He's yeah. very good at it. So we're like, who do we say is an action star now without ever trying? Keanu Reeves. Keanu yeah. Reeves was like, yo, what's up, Dubular dude? He was Bill and Ted. He was the dumb character. Like, he always played those roles. Except for Dracula, which we've already talked about, which he just come off of three other movies, yeah. so he was very lifeless. Listen, I completely forgive him for that. I like... do. <laughs> but, like, then he took The Matrix. Now he does John Wick. To me, in my head, as a 30-year-old now, Keanu Reeves is an action star. Oh, yeah. Back when I was a kid... Keanu Reeves was no different than fucking Dumb and Dumber or Wayne's World. Right. That's what he was. But he's grown with the times. Yeah, he's changed platforms, essentially. So, like, to me, that would have this would have been a perfect role to put somebody who isn't an action star and get them started. Because, yeah, they're not going to bitch slap a snake into submission. No. But it's also, I, I, maybe it's just because I don't like this actor. <clears throat> He's just—he's not. I don't. He's not likable. I don't like no. him. Um. If you just want brute, straight, brutal violence, yeah, sure. In certain roles, I think John Claude Van Damme is fine. He's serviceable, like in stuff like Bloodsport and. Because isn't he? Isn't he an actual boxer? Doesn't he like? That's where he started. He's something a fighter. Something along that yeah. line. Yeah. So Bloodsport makes sense because that is a fighter movie. Right. This. It's so weird. <sighs> like. He just doesn't fit. He's a puppet. I feel like he's a puppet. He takes in the information. I'm really sorry. That's our alarm to feed the cat. <laughs> um, like he's 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 just. Ah, I just want to strangle him and be like, why don't you have more likability? Yeah. Now, if we watch this other one, The Last Mercenary, maybe he's more likable that he's older. Maybe he was just younger and going through the motions. Maybe I don't know. You know who he reminds me of and who would have done so much better in this part? You probably won't agree with me. John Cena. No. I think John Cena would have been good in this part. I mean, John Cena definitely would have brought more charisma. Charisma. He's more likable. His action feels more believable. Sometimes. I mean, I I like John Cena. I'm not a wrestling fan. But I think John Cena and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, them going from that acting wrestling life yeah. to going to real acting well even the, vin diesel wasn't vin diesel no, no. <laughs> um coming from wrestling that you have to be charismatic yeah when you're trying to project to a fucking giant stadium of people like so that kind of makes sense like they just have to learn to tone it back yeah. when they get into films um so, like, they naturally have the charisma. I do think he'd do better than Van Damme, yeah. but I still would rather somebody better. Could you see Keanu Reeves in this? Yeah, I could see Keanu Reeves doing this. Like, he would he would add something different to it. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know many more action stars. Than... I mean, there's plenty, but like, I can't. Like, I honestly think Kurt Russell would have been the better choice. Yeah. Man, Kurt, you missed out. Oh, and it's not even his fault. It's, it's not Universal. It was the studio. I don't really know where to go. <laughs> the endings, the the final endings, really weird. Because okay, so Brimley's character gets shot with an arrow, and you're thinking, oh god, he died. That sucks. And she's learning how to kill people. She's shooting them down. Everything. They defeat the big baddie. And the ending scene is. He didn't get shot in the heart. He got shot in the flask. Brimley. Yeah. And then they end up and walk away. And that's the credits. And I was like. Well, a lot of. Boom. I'm like, what? A lot of action movies kind of end. It's just like, here's the start. Here's the end. Done. You don't get any resolution kind of stuff. Like, oh, fighting's over. Nothing here to see. Bye. Like. Yeah. I just don't like it when movies end like that. No, but it happens a lot in this genre. Yeah. Like it just um, they just end they're done they stop yeah because they want to they want to end you on that high of like all the action just happened and everything they oh, close it all but I don't know that I never enjoyed that high of action movies like to me like an action packed movie like that you're like yeah this is great yeah I want like some sort of ending I want a conclusion I want to come off of that yeah I want to ride the high while I'm in the movie but when I'm leaving the movie I like that that segue out now <laughs> it's calm quiet time now I can relax. I can understand that. Um, I this movie just kind of ends. It's just one of those. It's just how it is. It's just like stop. <laughs> We're done. Um, and honestly, it kind of ends because the most interesting characters are all fucking dead. Yeah, they killed. Uh, <laughs> they killed the interesting characters. Their deaths were pretty fucking epic, though. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, they went out. Awesome. <laughs> one of them actually went out with a bang. Ha ha ha. On that note. <laughs> Uh, closing questions? Uh, no. No. I think I've said what I want to say on this one. Closing. Oh, you mean, oh, I thought you meant com- no, closing no, no, no. comments. <laughs> I'm struggling. Overall thoughts on this Overall film. thoughts. So my overall thought on this movie is, you're going to look nice on the shelf. <laughs> my overall thought on that's this. It? That's it? You got nothing else? I mean, it was a movie. Alright. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I've i always liked this one. Uh, it's one of my f- my favorite John Woo films. Um, so much better John Woo oh, films, Oh, there are. Man. I, I don't disagree. This one I just very much enjoy. I, I think... This is like a guilty pleasure kind of one where you're like, yeah. yeah. Uh, because I really like the villains. I like the concept of the movie. The downfall is the protagonist. I just don't really like him. Yeah. Um, everything else is great. It's got awesome action sequences. Um, it has incredible, uh, like, um special effects and gore and uh for an action movie that's odd there's a lot of gore but it's very downplayed yeah like oh yeah you just saw that guy like blood spurting out of him but they don't make emphasis to it they don't have that bright red blood it's like the the darker blood right so to me i'm like okay it's a movie where there's no sex in it so you could take the kids to this there actually was initially one it was supposed to be a uh a romance scene between uh Eyebrows and mullet. Really? Yeah, they cut it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, originally there was one. 
I, I'm okay with them cutting it. it I don't see needed. a romance between the two. These two. It's purely work. Purely no. professional. It wasn't needed. It was. It would have been stupid. It would have. Not uh, everybody wants to fall in love with the big, strong, muscly guy. <laughs> Favorites. Obviously, the snake getting fucking bitch slapped. That is my favorite. But at one point, Brimley comes into the warehouse with eyebrows, and Mullet is like, "What are you doing here?" He's like, "We're here. We're here to help." I asked you to go get help. We're here to help. <laughs> I'm just like, that's we're not here, what he helped. meant. We're here to help. No, that's not what he meant. But I just thought that was funny. That was very, very funny. What about you? Uh, so I actually do have some favorite lines and favorite scenes. From okay. This. Uh, Multiples. My favorite lines, starting with, um, it's during the sequence where she goes to find him at the docks. Mm. Um, it's just, we got 12 positions available. Able seamen are better. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. Did you did you just tell me one of your favorite lines? It was a sexual pun, yes. I'm so proud of you. I thought it was you. hilarious. I'm so proud of you. Um, oh my god. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> ah! That's uh, great. The next one is... Uh, it's actually one that... Um, Van Cleef says to the, the the fat guy. Yeah. This is when he goes when he shows up at his house when he's passed out, and he does that he karate chops him in the stomach. He's like, "Wakey, wakey, you fat fuck!" <laughs> I didn't even hear that. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh man, I would have loved that. That's probably when I was falling asleep, because it just there wasn't enough yeah. to keep me awake. Um, oh God! And then one of my the last one I noted was uh, Chance. At one point, gets brought in after he gets the shit beat out of him when he goes to find the do- the dog tag. Yeah. And the girl shows up. She's like, "Thanks for calling me." And she looks at him. She's like, "Oh my God, you look awful." And he just he responds, with, "Darling, uh, just darling, you hurt my feelings." <laughs> like it's just so stupid. <laughs> Are you that much of a narcissist? Oh my god, it's so dumb. Oh my god. Um, but my favorite scenes in the movie, mm. uh, honestly, the big, giant 45 minute ending. Oh my god, explosion, explosion, it's, gunfire, explosion. Well, and that's <laughs> that's my favorite, one of my favorites, because it's the it's such well done action. Okay. And, but. Uh, above that would be it's from when uh, it's like a bit the big gunfight motorcycle chase yeah it starts with the the fat man getting his head obliterated by a shotgun oh yeah and ends with um, Fushan and his outrageous lean back aim off the bridge thing that he does oh my god I love that entire sequence. It's so good. So ridiculous. So ridiculous. But yeah, it is good. I also noted that uh, the John Claude punching the rattlesnake. That, that, that that's so funny. Like everything else is believable. That's where I draw the line. Oh God. You're mine now, Mister Snake. Like what? One of the ultimate questions. Mm. Does this hit its target? 
I hate you. <laughs> if they, if this is just straight fucking action, yes. If they wanted this to be anything else, not at fucking all. This is just straight, cut and dry, dirty action. That's all it is. If that's what they were going for, their target was not hard to find. Oh, <laughs> my you. Uh, yes, I agree. Uh, this is, if you're like, this is, it works as a ridiculous action movie. If you're looking, although if you are looking for a deeper, interesting story, this does have that. It's just not with our protagonist. Yeah, I mean, the story's okay. But it's, it's, it's an action movie. It's this interesting is though. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of action movie plots are cut and dry. It's, like they all use the same thing. This <laughs> one does something a little bit different. It's a movie plot that nowadays <laughs> don't do that. Like back then, I'm like, what was going on in the '80s and '90s? And everybody was like, yeah, we can get away with that. They just could. They just could. Nowadays, <laughs> it's like, don't do that. Um, would you recommend it? Yeah. If you want a cut-and-dry fucking action movie, yes. This is probably one of the better action movies I've seen. And we watched Terminator. I would watch this over Terminator. Well, again, Terminator is more of a slasher film. (sighs) (laughs) My burb fell. That was me beating my head against my microphone. Um... How about you? Would you recommend it? <laughs> yes. Of course you would. I would definitely recommend this. Like, Obviously, you have to be an action fan of some kind to yeah. enjoy it. Um, if you're looking for a deep story, don't watch this. Um, if you're looking for... A love story, don't watch this. If you're this. looking for interesting protagonists, don't watch this. If you're looking for villains that leave a lasting impression on your heart, watch this. Absolutely fucking watch this. Yes. Um... If you like John Woo, watch this. This is an overindulgence in John I've Woo. seen quite a few of John Woo's Chinese movies. It, every time something happened, like, Dad, Dad, John Woo's, like, little check marks right there. Because it made me happy. I could kind of, like, stay a little bit in it. But, man, John Claude, you brought me right out. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh, I gotta go. Um, Obviously, if you are a fan of John Claude, watch it. Yeah. Like, you'll probably like it probably gonna get we're probably gonna get shunned by a bunch of like 50 year old housewives <laughs> like how can you not like him he's hot look at his muscles oh god no um no amount of muscles can make up for a lack of personality no just saying how would you do this today i wouldn't i wouldn't do this at all you cannot get a snake to act like that ever again like that snake was committed to that role it was a fake snake. I know, that, right? <laughs> I know it was a fake snake. Watch <laughs> out! No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do this. As you can see, even this movie that was actiony, I'm sorry, I was still falling asleep to this movie. I really was. Like, you can you've seen it firsthand. We've watched a couple. We've watched more than two action movies now, and you've seen me practically falling asleep at almost all of them because it's just not interesting enough. The story needs to grab me now. Like, I mean, you got shit out there now like The Haunting of Hill House. Every fucking twist and turn was amazing that kept me in that. I marathoned that in one night. 
I had to go to work the next day. I marathon that one night. Like, holy shit, it was so good. Um, I actually think that this this would be one that I would say if you're gonna do it again, do it as a series of some kind. Even that, I think, is pushing it. Only because I think that the the bad guy's plot. Mm is interesting enough to warrant further exploration like if they like went deeper into that you got to see them operating in other cities beforehand mm. um i think it could be really cool just make it a story about them and like van damme's just a chapter well, in you the could, story you could still have like the pr- the protagonist guy working a- to try and stop them it would have to be a way better character. Yeah. But and then he's just a passing by, like, oh, this is how they got stopped. But you have the buildup of everything. Else. I see where you're going with this. Cool. Okay, all right. Maybe a limited series, just like flesh it out. Our more. answer is limited series for like ninety percent of these. Because if you're gonna remake something, I feel like that's how you should do it. And with everything the way it is now, with people watching more and more from home, they're not going out to see movies in the theaters. They're watching it at home. It's like we need content to suck up. Like, even yeah. you and I have gotten to a point where our YouTubes are getting really stale. We're watching the same stuff. We're we're to that point so much that we're physically watching movies now. Yeah. Like, before we go to bed and we do filming on, like, Saturdays or Sundays where we're just watching films and talking about films the entire time. Yeah. Which is great. But I would like to delve more into watching those series because there's a billion series that the two of us need to watch. Oh, so many. So many. We're almost caught up on Marvel stuff so we can <laughs> go see fucking Doctor Strange in May. <laughs> almost caught up. Is this mainstream exploitation or other? So mainstream action, it hurts. It's painful. Like a snake being bitch slapped in the face. <laughs> Mainstream. This is mainstream. I, on some level, I'm going to disagree. Okay, all right. I would, based on how over the top this movie goes, I would probably put this closer to exploitation. Uh, John Woo generally isn't an exploitation director, Mm. but his early years in filmmaking, I would say lean far closer to exploitation okay. than mainstream. He puts so much outrageous shit and pushes his characters to such extreme levels of ridiculous that I think, yeah, there's not a lot of like tits or extreme gore or anything, but it's, they're exploitative yeah. in like explosions Boom. and fucking oh. car chases and gunfights. Yeah. Like bow and arrows. Yeah. This is littered with bows and arrows and crossbows, man. It's ridiculous. Do you have any final thoughts? Questions, comments, concerns? Just gonna put that one away. Into the archive with you. Go go, my dear. Go. <laughs> Never to be seen or heard again. <laughs> Alright, well I guess that closes out our discussion on John Woo's hard target. Yes. Um, But don't go anywhere just yet. Please, stick around for the coming attractions. (laughs) 
coming to home video for the very first time. One of the greatest Disney classics, the Aristocats. Meow. Meet a wealthy duchess and her three adorable kittens. Why should you be first? Because I'm a lady, that's why. You're not a lady. You're nothing but a sister. They've been catnapped and abandoned in the French countryside. They're gone! By a greedy butler out to steal their fortune. What's gonna happen to us? Now it's up to O'Malley, the streetwise, smooth-talking alley cat, to save the day. Yeah! Join an unforgettable cast of delightful Disney characters as they help Duchess and her kittens find their way home. Place some skin on me, scat cat. The Aristocats. It's filled with excitement. Charge! Romance. Scandalous. Sissy stuff. And music you'll be dancing to all night long. This is outrageous. Crazy. But most of all, it's... Quiet! It's delightful Disney fun. It's a jazzy addition to your Walt Disney Classics collection. The Aristocats, coming soon to video cassette. So we're definitely going in a new direction with this next one. Yes. So originally we had a different one scheduled, but unfortunately we waited too long and it is no longer on streaming platforms and we don't have the VCRs hooked up to the color TV. So I decided... Let's go fucking weird, man. Let's go with a Disney classic that is slightly racist. Yeah, if memory serves, this one's not um, the most PC by today's culture. No. No, it is It is not. I don't really remember a lot of it, but all I know is this, this had a little bit of a stir a while back. Not in like 2020 and anything, but it was definitely in the last like 10 years. But I know everybody remembers... Uh, the big white cat. I don't remember her name. And Marie. Everybody knows who Marie is. <laughs> Fuck if I know anybody else's name in this goddamn movie. I just know little Marie. Yeah, I. my younger sister watched this one growing up. I don't particularly remember it that much. I remember O'Malley. The, O'Malley the alley cat. Yeah, but that's about... I don't, I don't really remember any yeah. details about it or anything like that. It, it's not... A Disney, it's a Disney classic, but it's not part of the Renaissance period. This was like 60s, 70s, I want to say, and it's set in Paris. So it's it, it definitely like Oliver and Company is a better like animal movie in my opinion from those years. I love Oliver and Company, but I wanted to go with this one because it's like let's introduce the weirder, not so known Disney stuff. And I plan on pulling a lot of the random stuff because when we hit our our stops for tapes, I've been going to the weird Disney movies. I'm like, nope, I want this, I want this, I want this. So we'll see how this goes. And I know how much you love Disney. Uh, I'm so to clarify, Disney these days encompasses a lot of different things. So, like, you have Marvel, mm. 20th Century Fox, all of that is under the Disney banner. Yeah. I don't really enjoy cartoons in general anymore. Disney, Disney movies, yeah. So, Disney and Pixar, that none of that stuff does anything for me, no. generally. Not any longer, but 
Let's just lean into it. Yeah, uh, I suppose we'll have to. Well, you know, with me being here, you're going to get a lot of shit that you really don't know if you want to watch. That's okay. You're going to hate half the stuff that we watch. I didn't really enjoy the last one. Uh, yeah! Well, uh, before we wrap up, apologies for the people watching on YouTube this episode. We had a memory card issue, <laughs> so our video cut out, and you're just going to hear us for this little end ending. Yeah. And our lovely voices. Aren't they sensual? fucking run <laughs> <laughs> um but you know as always um if you're looking for us on the internet um you can find grindhouse on instagram facebook and twitter um on twitter it's grindhouse, grindhouse cast, cast. Yeah. on in instagram and facebook it's grind uh, at Pretty, grindhouse podcast Pretty, where's your where's your notes where are your notes <laughs> I'm trying to go off the cuff here. <laughs> you do it real well. I'm, real I'm terrible. <laughs> if you'd you... like to talk to me, we have a Discord, which the link for that will be in the show notes below on YouTube or on the podcast. I don't remember the rest of your spiel, so uh, you're on your own, baby. And if you'd like to have a more visual experience with it, we are on YouTube. Um, you can subscribe to us and find us at grindhouse podcast as well for other recommendations such as coffee and other shit it'll be down below in the show notes as well or if you want to recommend us some coffees or you know movies or if you want to see our archive which we have 99 percent complete and it'll never ready be ready to go I, that's why it's 99 percent because there's that one percent that we don't have and that one percent is like 99% of the world's movies we don't have. Yes. <laughs> with, with every episode and with every week that passes, I'm trying to slowly start putting our catalog of movies up onto our Instagram. So if you want to kind of yeah. go check out the physical media that we have, um, it's all eventually going to end up on there. Yes. Um, but I think that about closes out the book on Aristocat. That's yep. Hard Target. But I think that about closes out <laughs> the book on Hard Target. I forgot what fucking movie we just watched. It's been a long day. <laughs> Very long day. Very long. Uh, if you like what we're doing and you want to show us some support, uh, we also have a Patreon. Yes. Um, where you can give as little or as much as you want. You can help the show grow. And we eventually are trying to put up some special content just for patrons yeah. so things are in the works until next week i'm sean and i'm leah thanks for listening and keep watching
because of the shocking nature of many scenes in this film, it is definitely not recommended for the squeamish. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 